five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Sit, Home podcast, your premier podcast for the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Light Force, previously pissed off, might still be, joined virtually by Omni at Omni Strife and Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> for showing up yet to work. <laughs> I, I, I figured if I sound more, you know, thankful, maybe I'll feel the same way as well. But yeah. No luck so far. I don't know. I'm being held against my will. Blink twice if uh, you need help. Yeah. How how does that work in in podcast? Should I just tap the mic or something? Maybe, but then I might I might edit that out in post, and and no yeah. one will no one will have any like clue. You, like you've been doing for the last 150 episodes. I know. Do we count the bonus episodes in that? Because then it's more. I don't know. I I don't get paid for the bonus episodes, so probably not. <laughs> Wait, you get paid for well, the other one? Because I've been having, I was going to have to pay Jordan for these bonus episodes. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe Sam's still taking a check. Maybe the buyout was so significant. Um, speaking of buyouts, payments, and people getting paid, uh, did the two of you catch that uh, that shareholder post about upgrading the parent company of the Titans? Cut a little bit of it. I, I glanced at it as I do not own shares or <laughs> nor am i planning to purchase any in the future i like okay well first of all uh apparently the analysts that are covering the enthusiast gaming uh have listed it as a strong buy um me as a shareholder who owns 10 shares um i, Not know, convinced. I feel so much value there <laughs> but uh it's some crazy news that sort of came out uh, on a day that we record this is this is cool it looks like shareholders of enthusiast they don't know podcast meta. So thank you. Um, was it Greyhound or something? Gray or something. Gray yeah, or, yeah. Gray, yeah. I mean, I can't remember who they were at the time, but. I don't know. For me, Overwatch League is when a monkey does bzz, bzz, with his gun and uh, that's it. You know? yeah. Could you Please imagine <laughs> they introduced like a, a stockbroker character, you know, stockbroker by day, Overwatch hero by night. Who'd like out of the Overwatch cast, who'd own shares? Mm, who's who's a smart investor is what you're asking there's this maximilian guy but he's not really a character no, right no. the the omnic no the, he's he's more of a shady dealer well, than he might he, he's probably yeah. more aligned with like well FIFA there you go i mean <laughs> he, he, well no but i mean i could see him being a shareholder but it would be through some like oh Diva might, company right? or whatever she, Mm-hmm. He's kind of a, like a big esports star. I, I could see I Doomfist think, honestly in his in his formal Doomfist, wear, right? He's got the yeah, nice suit. Yeah, why not? I was going to say Legs probably has the share certificates, like the physical nah. certificates. Oh. Like he looks like the pocket. government bond kind of guy. <laughs> no, no, but like he'll have like a, a, an actual physical share certificate in like oh, a yeah, telecom yeah, yeah, yeah. from like you know the forties. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, no, we're not here to talk about, uh, you know, shares, acquisitions, mergers, and consolidations and all that jazz. We're here to talk about uh, the Overwatch League and more specifically, the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans, who all had matches this weekend. And maybe, well, I was going to say only one of them went the way we had expected, but let's be honest. um, One of them was always going to go the way we expected, so it doesn't really count. 
Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we're getting into the last uh, weekend of the kickoff clash and, and obviously a metric ton of APAC play uh, on top of the metric ton of APAC play we've already had. So uh, why don't we uh, start uh, pushing this payload? Moving the payload. Join me. Before we get into the week that was for the Toronto Titan of Vancouver Titans, I wonder how many people are tuning in this week and wondering who this guest might be that will join us. It's not Greywood. Greywood was the, no. the shareholder thing. I looked Greywood? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there was a guest that, that Adam might be returning to the show. And while Adam is definitely a massive guest, um, he has joined us a couple episodes. I'm sure he'll be back for a third in the, the near future. Uh, but uh, it's, it's someone, you know, dare I say, quote unquote, bigger. Oh, poor Adam. I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to, Adam, Adam is like massive in like mm-hmm. this solar mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This person is in that solar system. You got two mm-hmm. solar yeah. systems. Competing. Yeah. Dig yourself out of this hole. Yeah. yeah. Adam, yeah. you're welcome on one man watch. Point barely. Anytime. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> let's burn bridges um should should we should we tell people who who we're going to be speaking to later this week now or, or should maybe sit on that longer sorry uh, you're breaking up i think i think it's <laughs> anyhow well seeing as i just said it to everyone i apologize if it didn't come through because apparently it was breaking <laughs> up let's talk a little about the weekend that was for uh the toronto defiant and the Vancouver Titans. Uh, so, you know, looking back uh, to our predictions, I think we had expected uh, Toronto to have a positive weekend and the Vancouver Titans to have a positively abysmal weekend. And I would like to say we were maybe 50, 50 or 66, you know, 33 on that. And the reason why I sort of hedged there is really what I saw from the Toronto Defiant against the Dallas Fuel, which for lack of a better description, wasn't good. Yeah, um, and to add to that, like we'll get to that uh, as well. When I saw the the score, I, I wasn't able to catch the uh, Vancouver game live, and I thought, oh, here we go, it's just a sweep. And then when I rewatched the game, it was actually not that bad. But yeah, with with the Dallas Toronto game. Mm, I feel like uh, Toronto's game plan didn't work in, in <laughs> any shape or form. Uh, they were kind of punched in the face <laughs> a little bit. A few times. Yeah. 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 I mean, we saw, uh, you know, the introduction of all though um, into, right. you know, game action. He was playing from Dallas, which again, as we learned, is a thing you do is you, you, and I mean, it's likely more travel visa, what have you. Uh, but, uh, he was playing from the facility that the opposition was playing in like mirror was when Titans were playing where mm-hmm. like Florida. And I, 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 one of the things that occurred to me as to how we were seeing the defiant play was that there seemed to be, um, like a disconnect. I don't want, I'm not going to throw this on all though, right? Like it, it wasn't entirely yeah. him, but the, you know, previous weekend when we saw Toronto play, they were well-coordinated, very few mistakes. Um, and if there was a mistake, um, you know, he was there to clean up. Sure. Um, this particular match, they were disjointed and 
you know, one of the things that became quite apparent, and this might just be the game plan when it goes to playing the Define or really any team, the Dallas Fuel made the lives of Twilight and Jorong absolutely horrible all right. match long. And the moment either one of them disappeared, it was like a full reset for the Defiant. Yeah, they couldn't catch a break. It's like they were dove constantly, and, and it was a nice uh, follow-up from Hanbin. I think he played like uh, Zarya with that first uh, Oasis map, and it didn't look good. Like, Toronto couldn't catch a break. Even when they won a fight, it was like, scraping it by and then i think it was a 2-0 and uh yeah it was it was not, not a pretty start for that match against dallas yeah everything was really tight on the dallas side um hanbin the zarya really shut everything down um i thought fielder played really well um even edison uh you know coming in a little bit there right. and and i i don't i think we saw doha for most of the match as well um yeah, there was no sparkle yeah. at the start, which was kind of weird. Yeah, surprising, but, but I also have to wonder if Dallas, you know, looked at Toronto's past games and said, yeah, maybe this is a time we can sub in some of our, you know, our second line. Not not like their second line is, you know, uh, far less than their first line kind of thing um, because both perform at a very high level. Um, but yeah, Dallas was Dallas was clean um, and not to not to get too ahead of ourselves, but Watching this match, I definitely was surprised to then watch the Vancouver match and think, wow, uh, Vancouver lost, but they probably had a better match than Toronto did against Dallas. <laughs> We're kind, well, kind of being pulled back to that game. But yeah. there there are some parallels. I, I'd, I'd say especially in the way in both games, the, the team that, that won – was harassing the back lines mostly. And and normally this doesn't happen with Toronto, right? Not just because we have uh for Toronto Chirong and and uh of course Twilight. It's just the fact that um Muse at the start wasn't there enough, I'd say, for for the Oasis map to to peel. And then when when uh Hanba came in, just Hanbin went full ham in King's mm-hmm. Row and like first push was a cap for yeah. them and then they were just kept on stomping mm-hmm. on, on on toronto and every fight even when toronto got like a, the first pick dallas dallas would follow up with two and it looked like <laughs> very very bad and i say the only like right spot for that defense was finally in that factory area at the final stretch when, when toronto were able to like take off almost like four mm-hmm. minutes on that stretch alone and that seemed a little bit positive but then on attack Again, with the mirror comps, yeah. uh, they looked all over the place, really. Yeah. Took them so, so long to like get it. And and, and there was a lucky push there on, on overtime. They got the point. And although they had an unlucky wall there for, for from the, the May, that kind of went against what mm-hmm. they were planning. and Trapped them. Yeah, like Toronto, again... Uh, came alive in the factory. I don't know what it is mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm. factory, but they seem comfortable playing there. So I I have a theory that yeah. turn because like the where where they essentially stopped the rolling cart was on that final turn. And my theory is is that Twilight gets to pocket near spawn. Mm. He's a much harder target to draw. Sure, and he sits there as Anna, and he now has line of sight. Right. And you could actually tell Toronto was playing that angle really tight. They didn't venture too far ahead back yeah. to that that initial turn. 
Um, and I think it frustrated Dallas that they couldn't they couldn't get to the support because I mean in the in pretty much every time that I felt a fight went their way, and you're right, Oni. I think there were times where you know there could be a couple of picks or or what have you, but Dallas would somehow find a way to maneuver. Was that Twilight was staying up, and then Chorong was actually playing quite well. I'm trying to was it um, I'm now might be confusing the Toronto attack. Uh, but there was a, a Reaper Q that got booped into the rafters. And I want to say it was, it was, was it Chorong that had, was that on the Toronto attack or um, it was, I think it was on, on the attack. Yeah. It was a Toronto. Okay. I just, but like we were, we were starting to see, you know, very similar plays, you know, coming both ways on that turn. The difference was that for the uh, Toronto defense, that clock mm-hmm was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't anything that Toronto could do to find any, any joy in their attack phase. Mm -hmm. Like they had to fight, fight, fight. And then to that final, the grab, uh, the grab that, that essentially stalled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, Toronto, if they had had what a meter of progress less, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might, they might've been able to continue to, to push the, the payload through, you know, make something out of it. But, I don't know if they then get to the, again, that third point, which is, you know, what Dallas is. Yeah. And then we get circuit Royale. It's, it's, it's for me, it's a very weird map. Like the game feels so different than this map all the time that this doesn't matter. Even who's playing, mm-hmm. we barely see the, the cart go into phase three. Yeah. Uh, I think Gurio came in and Toronto began the attack. And again, it was a mirror and, and Chirong did play on the BAP. Uh, That's right. And came out like, on BAP, didn't he? Yeah, but Dallas yeah. did play the brig, and it didn't really work well. Mm-hmm. And Hotbud made some plays on the Sig, which were okay. But then they come to this hardest push on the map, you know, that curving road. And then you have that insane high ground for the defending team. And they they the payload just stopped there. They couldn't push through. That's a really, really tough uh, uh, place. Only like on maps that you'd see an opponent, uh, you know, a, a team get steamrolled by their opponents. That's the only time where I see uh, teams consistently push the payload up that road. And uh, unfortunately for Toronto, like Dallas, uh, you know, stalled it. And then on defense again, there was there were some wins for the one we v ones for Hisu. but you know the cart slowly goes through that corner and comes to that point, and, and you know Dallas just. They, they weren't having none of it, so, you know, just like, let's win the game. Yeah. And it was like a very sad <laughs> finish to this entire match. Uh, it didn't feel uh, like, like uh, uh, you know, two teams of the very same, uh, of the same level, or at least trying to be at the same level. And unfortunately, because I, I do feel like Toronto on paper should have played Dallas better. Um, the, 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 the gap is not as big as as we saw at least i want to believe that right yeah i think every team is going to have a bad match some teams just have more of them (laughs) sure that was a bad match for toronto like i mean it was literally nothing that they could possibly put together really went their way like i mean there was a fight on i think it was what university where um they got two picks one of them was a boop but dallas is still able Mm -hmm. to go and and win that fight yeah you know, you're, you're getting the picks where you want them, 
but you just, you're, you're not coordinated enough to capitalize them on them or almost, you know, like where you, you get that pick, but it's not, you're not in a position to take advantage. I mean, we see this so often is where you can't punish Mm -hmm. someone because of, of one, how effective the teams are to able to regroup, but also how to, to recover and, 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 and ultimately pivot or, or stall. As a player, even when that happens to you, you know, like this is an unwinnable (laughs) match. Uh, Yeah. When you get a pick or even two and like nothing helps, you're still losing the yeah. fight. You're like, okay, let's, let's just get it over with and then cue again. Yeah. It's uh, essentially every feeling I ever had on Paris. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, think about it. How many times would you be on offense? You could get two picks, but you still couldn't get through oh, the I'm choke. It's, uh, it's so brutal. Yeah. Or if you got through the choke, it took so much out of you that the two picks yeah, that you dropped, they're yeah, already yeah. back. I, I, I finally realized why they call it a choke. um so the toronto defiant fall to the dallas fuel and this then sets up uh, an interesting matchup going into the the weekend where they have to take on the boston uprising and i you know will admit um i have a soft spot for the uprising (laughs) i think this has more to do with the fact that i have a soft spot for the weekly uprising podcast and therefore the uprising (laughs) um i mean I love the fact that in weekly upgrading discord punk's dad's in there and he shoots the, the proverbial and talks to <laughs> people. And like, it's, it's great. Like I would love to see like a parent in our, of one of the players in our discord. Um, I understand maybe RSP discord isn't the most favorable to let <laughs> me the, the Titans right now. I think it's a little more favorable. Client. Um, but I, I mean, again, I still felt Toronto was going to go and have their way with Boston. My concern was watching the the first control, yeah, uh, and it's like, okay, so is Bo- like I, I immediately had this feeling because Boston a much better team. Like, is this back yeah. to this problem of who's cool. better, who's underperforming? And then the point on Night Market where Toronto, it's like three v three. Toronto caps the point. They proceed to chase Boston <laughs> off the point, around up the stairs, around back in, and during this period of time. What does Boston do? They cap it. And yeah. Boston's at 99. Mm-hmm. For like, me, the this Li Jiang uh, tower map felt like uh, a Dallas going up 4-0. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how it felt. Like, again, with the Reaper comp, it just dominated and hot, but didn't look uh, good at all on, on this map, unfortunately. Um, it was also weird to not see Striker for the first time. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Um, yeah, although in the Genji, maybe it's the ping. I'm not really sure. It didn't look pretty hot in here. And Toronto looked very bad. Um, <laughs> in Night Market, too, there was, like, yeah, like you said, the boop. Oh, it didn't look nice at all. Well, I mean, there was, there, like, it, it, I was concerned. Like, again, this was, this is not a knock against the Uprising per se, but the Toronto Defiant are a better mm-hmm. team. It is clearly it should be, yeah. on paper, in action, a yeah. better team. Considering the week that Boston had, Boston, I mean, maybe that was the problem and now Boston's a better team because of it. But still, you take advantage of, of these situations. It is just the competitive nature of, of sport, e-sport or sport. And, uh, you know, there wasn't anything that I saw um, – that that really made me feel confident mm-hmm. um and and it wasn't so much maybe that's unfair 
it wasn't like the Toronto Defiant were outclassed. But again, bounces weren't going their way. They weren't able to take advantage of the situation. And then they made stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it, and that it's where if, if you, get, you fall into that, that sort of toilet bowl where you just start swirling. <laughs> the downward, uh, downward spiral, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we then <laughs> see the transition into to Eichenwald, it's almost like the Toronto Defiant had hit pause, had, you know, a conversation with each other. Maybe they each, you know, slapped each other across the face a few times to, to smarten up. But it was like, okay, we're going to play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, but even then, like the, the first couple of pushes, uh, they, they were getting not enough traction. Even they had like a, a grav play with a blade, two picks. Boston kind of survived, but finally, I think it was the Nano Reaper from Hisu that you know got him across the threshold, and and finally, uh, you know they they started uh, um, looking like a team. Um, yeah, there was a call there. I don't remember who said it, but <laughs> that that Punk uh, he was looking better than Hot. But I I don't remember who the commentator uh, was. They called him uh, lukewarm, but <laughs> it's pretty pretty, pretty <laughs> on point. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they got I think they, like fifty-seven meters mm-hmm. uh, before three. Not a not a terrible push. Uh, certainly winnable, which it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. they finally looked better. I'd, I'd say on defense. Um, well, and that and that was actually that was sort of what I clued in. Like I'm I'm maybe it's because I watched too much Vancouver Titans play where I accept that you suck at one phase, but you're dominant at another, and therefore you you play to that. Um, I felt that Toronto forced Boston to invest mm-hmm. alts prematurely. Yeah. Um, forced Boston like it wasn't like Boston was making mistakes. Toronto, Toronto was just baiting them, them at every yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so by the time Boston finally gets into escort phase, mm-hmm. you know the the alt economy is completely sure. skewed. And it remained that way right through to the end when Toronto's like, yeah, okay, let's go and spawn camp. Yeah, it might, there might be 30 seconds, 45 seconds left, but let's spawn yeah. camp and drop all of our alts yeah. anyway. It was, it's actually interesting to compare this match to um, week two, Vancouver played New York, and week one, Toronto played uh, Washington. And both of those matches... Uh, in the Vancouver one, Vancouver wins the first round, loses the next three. Mm. Toronto wins mm. the first round, loses the next three. And it felt like the same thing, but on the Boston side, right? Boston comes out yeah. and for whatever reason, looks really good. And I'm sure all the Boston fans were looking at that thinking, oh boy, look, like we're we're ready to win this one. And then maybe Toronto just kind of figures things out. And from there, the ball just gets rolling and and been happening yeah. a lot of times i mean it's the nature of control maps being weird like that but for for these teams who are not like your world beaters mm-hmm. it seems like in a way they have like this limited capacity to play really yeah. really well yeah. and then they run out of juice yeah. they give it their all their in one round turn and then... into mush and they're like oh how do you uh play this game <laughs> and <laughs> that's what it looked like after that eichenwald uh, defense and Toronto also got their confidence or mojo yeah. back, whatever you want to call it. And then Dorado, like Chirong, is finally looking like mm-hmm. Chirong should look. And then Padba on the monkey, who knew he, mm-hmm. he's you know more known for for a flex tank, and he was looking pretty good. Or maybe again, Boston was just collapsing mm-hmm. somewhere. 
and, and they look better. And then, you know, Dorado is always a slow map, uh, maybe because the comps that are normally played on that map, they're not on the payload. <laughs> True, yeah. But Boston, they didn't like capitalize from it at all this, on their attack. This yeah. was also when Boston brought in It's All and and McBee, if uh, I'm yeah, not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. And I think I think yeah. at that point they were just trying Ooh. something else, right? <laughs> they were like, let's let's change it up and see if we can make this work. Um, and it did not for them. Yeah. But well, it and, did not, and then yeah. some. And then finally, Toronto got a, like uh, their win on on New Queen Street, as they should just. That's just so, default to Toronto every every time. Well, so I, I have a problem with New Queen Street. Toronto, like you know how it was. It was I think it was last week where we were talking about how Toronto goes and gets the pay. Uh, was it Toronto? There was a match where the payload was pretty much as the far barricade? as it needs to be a barricade. Yeah, sorry, whatever. You know the butt scratching bot <laughs> and um, the Toronto Defiant seemed to play like okay, we've got the distance. Now let's play protect. Yeah. And I feel that they took their foot off the pedal a little bit and it allowed for Boston to eventually almost turn the tide. Um, next thing you know, Boston's got the lead and Toronto is suddenly like, Oh, yeah. it came down to the last fight actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in fact, I was quite surprised that, you know, I think it was, it's was, was contesting, um, but it could have gone, you know, either way at that point, it was like 20 meters uh, difference. Yeah. It wasn't a lot. And I mean, it, it was a lot. It, 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 the end result was a lot closer than it needed mm-hmm. to be, but I think that it was more on the Toronto defiant, you know, map a go. Yeah. Let's go and like, you know, swag a lot to, yeah, we're overconfident now. Well, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe, you know, I, I talk a big game. Oh, you got to play with confidence. Maybe this is when you get to that point or it's too much. I was going to say, I mean, I think it's interesting to compare this game against the Dallas game as well, where it's almost like when Toronto goes in, knowing they can beat a team, I, I think they usually do. Um, I mean, granted, we're only, what, four or five games at most into the season. Um, and when they go into a game, against an opponent that they maybe aren't sure or they potentially think is better than them. That's when it's pretty much all out the window. Um, you know, I think Washington was a bit of a question mark a couple a week back or so. Um, mm-hmm. and you didn't see that confidence and they got stomped by Washington. Um, you know, you look at a team like Dallas and I think pretty much everyone in the league expects that Dallas is one of the top teams in the West. Um, so, you know, for as much as, every player plays with some confidence, you know, it is intimidating to go against those teams. So. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, Toronto Defiant got the win. That's what matters. Now, as it sort of leads into this, this final weekend of, of action where they have one match, um, I don't know how to do the math in such a way that guarantees that Toronto gets themselves into the weekend but I have more confidence that they do. Um, so for those that uh, don't know the way the qualifiers work is I think it's the top eight top, get into top six teams from the West and top three teams from the East play in tournament for each region will qualify an additional three teams, two from the West and one from the East. So technically yeah, so, top eight, sort of. Sort of. It, 
yeah, and that's what I was getting. I was like top eight get an opportunity to to mm-hmm. play in. Um, Toronto's not sitting in a great spot, but looking at sort of the schedule and the different matchups, I am. I'm more positive <laughs> that Toronto and Defiant are in a good space. I'm not trying to be overconfident, but maybe I if, am. If anyone were to, I would. I look at the current standings, and I think there's one team in the bottom five of the West that could unseat someone in the top eight, and that team is Boston. Especially with how good they looked in their final match of the weekend, and mm. if they have figured out whatever was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're. I mean, Spitfire have two matches. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think Spitfire have been shown. I mean, Gla- to be a, Glads have two. I mean, I, and Glads are in that. You're right. Eight, I mean, outside right? of. Yeah, no. I mean, I see the problem. I, you know what? I I don't disagree about the uprising. I just don't know what to make of the Spitfire. I think the Spitfire have shown a bit of a. I hate I hate saying a player or a team is like a one trick pony. Um, uh, but what's the term everyone uses in Overwatch? Why can't I think of it right now? Uh, when someone just plays Reinhardt and that's all they can do. A one trick. A one trick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, there you go. Um, I I don't like to say players or teams are sort of one trick, but I think Hadi in particular on tank for London has shown so far that he struggles to play more than Reinhardt at a high level, and Reinhardt just simply isn't in the meta right now. Yes, we've seen him a little bit. We even saw Dallas pull out some Reinhardt. Um, this Let's weekend, uh, but... give it the, the nicer term, a specialist. Yes, exactly. Yes. He's, he's a <laughs> Reinhardt specialist. Um, and it's not to say he can't play other tanks. Um, it's just, he can't play them to the same level as he might need to, mm-hmm. to really elevate London above where I think they are currently or above some of those other teams in the bottom five. Yeah. And not to say that like uh that is always like the telltale sign of of the truth. Sure. <laughs> but but nobody is really playing that. Yeah. So yeah. it's over- maybe it's well, not like the the best uh option. We've seen chaos work. Mm-hmm. I mean true, maybe not to the extent that we've seen in Overwatch 1 play. Sure. So- and it, it, it's what you prepare for. Like if you've been scrimming a certain way, you've been playing a meta certain way. Yeah. You look at London, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Here's our plan to counter. But how much time are you actually mm-hmm. spending in scrims? Yeah. On yeah, that counter. Yeah. Well, and and that's realistically like, that's what sets, sets the top, top teams apart from the mm-hmm. slightly top team. You know, that's what sets sure. apart. Maybe the one, two, maybe three position from the four, five, six, seven, eights is the yeah. ability to, not necessarily focus on a particular style of play that maybe London plays very well, but still come out on top over them. Right. Yeah. The, you know, just to sort of talk a little bit why we've gotten this, the Toronto Define are taking on the New York Excelsior this weekend. And uh, for those of you that want to tune into the matches, I'm sure you do. It's on Friday at 1.30 PM Pacific, 4.30 PM Eastern. This is a match that Toronto wins. Yep. I know you don't take anyone for granted and the New York Excelsior, not a team you should take for granted, but they've gotten one win against a team called the Vancouver Titans. Um, then they, it wasn't, it wasn't like New York came out and outclassed Vancouver. They just happened to be the better of two not so good teams. Yeah. They're not looking great. And so, you know, this is sort of where, you know, I look at Toronto then getting a four and two record and I don't see how there's any way a four and two falls out of the eight. Um, I mean, I guess it's conceivable based on potential tiebreakers on that, but like, let's look at the Spitfire. 
they're playing the gladiators mm-hmm. in the rain, right? So, I mean, if, if they happen to beat the gladiators, well, Toronto's in <laughs> like, that's, I'm sorry. I mean, at that point I'd be worried. London's probably going to, you know, win the actual kickoff clash, but I mean, the Spitfire hey, are up against season one champs. eh? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're up against two very seasoned yeah. teams. Um, and then when we look at the uprising here, I mean, the uprising, you're right. They could unseat, but it's going to require them to beat mm-hmm. fuel. And I don't, I don't know if Boston's got it in them to beat. The I fuel. shed a tear every time I think about New York because Poor Yaki should have just come to Toronto. We we heard the rumors. <laughs> Yaki may be one of my favorite players, and I just shed a tear every time I see New York play because for as much talent as they have on that roster, they can't they just can't be be entirely carried by the DPS line, unfortunately. Um and I, I wish Yaki came to Toronto. I think he could have made a big impact there, but I wonder. I wonder how well the cell was at uh, coming to Toronto. You'll yeah. never know. Anywho, uh, the Toronto Defiant, as we say, probably uh, going to get themselves into at least playing the King of Clash or action. But we still have the Vancouver Titans to talk about. And okay, you know what? I shouldn't do them a disservice. You guys had said they look better. I agree. We saw creativity. We saw them reaching outside of the pizza box, and I'm still pissed off. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's the thing. When you looked, when you look at their record, right? They're zero and four. You you check out their their game. Okay, it's Atlanta. You don't expect them to win, and you don't expect to be close. So the bad news is that they did not win. <laughs> the good news is like it, it was as close as like maybe a three zero can yep. be. And if you mm. didn't have, if you didn't have like that. You know, if we came into this uh, uh, game 2-2 and you watch them uh, lose the way they lost to to Atlanta uh, in the same fashion, you'd not be that, like, upset. If this were the first their uh, first okay. game of the season, we would be praising them. We'd be like, for as tough an opponent opponent as Atlanta is, they held their own, sure. right? It's it's the toughest opponent that they've played against so far. Until next week. And, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, well, this, yeah week, this week. Yeah. Uh, so... Let's start talking about it, and, and, and I'm like, it. it there, there are gaps, and we're gonna address those gaps a little bit. In Ilias, it was weird. Like uh, we saw, uh, did Gator play before? We did not so really see him before. The first time Gator, and was it the first time Venom right, came it, in as well? Venom, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the guy uh, who came in for N- Nero to play the tracer. He's mm-hmm. he's a uh, one trick <laughs> or, or specialist, specialist, right? Yeah. Came in to, to play uh, the Tracer. And, and uh, we see Shockwave and Aspire, which is pretty good, I'd say, right? Going into that Tracer Soldier composition. And in Well, there was like a close starting fight. Picks going both ways. but And, and here I, I wrote a comment, which I could have just copied and pasted for every map that came after it seems like our support line is just not as well protected or as survivable as as ultraviolet and, and og like a lot of the fights most of the fights it was either skyripa or, or masa just like falling and and yeah. it felt like skyripa in this particular map at least he was struggling a little bit and and gators winston was really looking good um then on ruins Titans make their first adjustment. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, false Zarya play Arena. Zarya and false and, and 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 I know we can you know talk about there's no flex tank anymore, but but clearly there is, and we see uh, the effects of this play out on every other team, even even in Atlanta here when we're talking about Gator and and what he's accustomed to play as opposed to like Hawk. He looked so good on that Zarya uh, false that at least compared to what he can do in the Winston um, and and Titans they 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 in this map they just played better. From start to finish, then the Atlanta. Every fight, they just won. They they came out and they won. And you could tell that False is predominantly a flex uh, uh, tank. And then because you know Lighthouse is not really a Zarya map, you you have to go back to Monkey and and you go Moira. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, okay, I I, I understand sure. that Moira's healing output is significant. Maybe more the way the Titans. Yeah, the the way the Titans. And actually, you know what. This is something I didn't think of at the time, but you maybe now planted the seed in my mind. I was actually thinking back to to Well specifically, and I was trying to like, is this is this a tank difference? Because like Gator Gator out tanked false. Like, is this sure. truly tank difference? Am, am, am I buying in buying into this, or is it now a support issue? Because I I was struggling to understand like where is the problem right now? It's and kind of I think you're both. In a way that, like, the tank should peel a little mm-hmm. bit for for the supports, or the supports should feel for uh, feel for each other. I, I will not forget when when teams were previewed and they were talking about Atlanta's. Uh, you know, Atlanta had their that great uh, uh, season last year. They came to the grand finals with with uh, who was it? It was Iris and and Massa, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, I think it's Avril who said like. Uh, ultraviolet and OG might might be an upgrade on top mm-hmm. of that, well, and, and everybody was like, "Why?" Well, they on Lighthouse they said that these two guys they have like this weird telepathic communication between them, and it doesn't matter who they played in scrims, whether it was like a, a, a team that supposedly is better, they always outclassed them, always, always, always. And, and and there was there was a moment on Lighthouse where Shockwave had at least. OG mm-hmm. dead to rights. Oh, many arguably times. had both of them dead yeah. to rights. And what happens? Shockwave's dead, and the two come out. They Meanwhile, just survive everything. It's unbelievable. And, this is this is actually then when I'm thinking, okay, no man, this is there's a bigger problem at play because you you just watched the the rain have no support whatsoever for a good portion of the fight as Ultraviolet and OG survived the what was the inevitable, and the Titans couldn't take advantage. They could not get the pick. Their synergy that- is unbelievable. Like even when we saw like other uh, uh, you know elite teams with with great backlines, I'd say even Twilight and and uh, Chirong, while they're good in their own individual style, they don't have that, that weird connection. Well, OG and Ultraviolet played for years mm-hmm. together, and that's where they have this connection from. And it, it was rough seeing like air, um, so many fights where you'd see like Atlanta drop down solo and it could be the tanks. It could be the supports, like you said, many, many times. And it, they just wouldn't go down. They just wouldn't go down. And, and, and in that lighthouse map, their cap was going up and up and up. And by the time the Vancouver tried to like, you know, they, they recapped, they were going uphill and just one fight lost. And, you know, Atlanta takes the well, first map. But that was, that was, it was more than just sort of the one fight loss. Like it felt inevitable that, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, Titans yeah. might take the point, but even if they had won a fight, yeah, 
they they didn't they didn't have the structure and i think we saw shockwave moving from the reaper he started i think he was legs then he went reaper yeah. like we were seeing sort of in in-game adaptation yeah um, I, I didn't like shockwave in in that first delios map at all he was like you know not doing much maybe maybe it's just you know the supports or 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 atlanta he, focusing down on him but he didn't really produce as much but like shockwave playing reaper Someone has to, right? If you go, I know, but like, like this is where I, 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 again, I don't know. Like, is it just you have no option? Like this, this might go speak to to the organization and its perception of depth. Mm. Like they're like, or a complete misread of a meta, or just maybe again, maybe it's not on them. Maybe it's the fact that the teams don't have access to Overwatch two twenty four seven. Like I, I don't know. But Shockwave on Reaper doesn't make sense. Like it just doesn't seem to me to be this the play you make. If that's the play you have to make, because you're then. dealing with you know other potential weaknesses like uh, false look great on saria on ilios you know like i i won't i don't want to like insult reaper mains out there but it's one of those heroes that like uh, what you're gonna do like he's a pro player you should have like his positioning and, and and the aim good enough to play a reaper decently at least right it's all a matter of of of, of finding those those flanks and whatnot and uh it, it not as great on, as on the soldier, of course, but the meta. But you know, moving into yeah. to Midtown here, what do the Vancouver Titans do? <laughs> they they adapt. They do something pretty surprising oh, and interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah, false is out, and well, hey, we just signed Mir, but wait, he just said he wasn't available this weekend as he's making his way to Canada. So Psycho comes in yeah. as Doom, and it looked good. And it looked really good. I okay, so this is the thing. Like, why is why is Chris still pissed off? It's actually not this. I have no problem with them experimenting. I don't understand why it's taken so bloody long for them to do this, and why they chose to experiment um, without the guy who's known as the Doom Fist on the weekend. He's not available. Hey, whatever. Maybe they do this again against San Francisco. For all we know, um, it's just that we're still seeing no joy, and I think then what sort of got me a little fired up is that you then see this change into um route 66 where now aspire is out psycho's in and it's not a knock against psycho but i felt aspire had played far better to this point than shockwave had mm-hmm. and leaving shockwave in like the, the uh, i think it was who was it uber x i was casting i can't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. who it was it was casting but they had, yeah yeah it was like at one point, one of them on, on 66 is like, when do the Vancouver Titans want to, you know, evict the this tenant that doesn't understand this house is theirs? Like, the Atlanta Reign were just moving a payload along. I think, you know, they could have probably been emoting on the, the payload for all I know. There was a big thorn in, in the butts of Vancouver in this map. And if we're already talking about Road 66, and I think it's it's fair to say for the entirety of this match, like Venom. Yeah, he's uh, he's like that player you'd get in calm. He's not like communicating with his team. He's not. He doesn't care about the point. He's out doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. It was constantly on the flanks. Like it doesn't matter where his team was at. He was up in the buttholes well, of, of Massa and and you know and and. But we've uh, we've seen so much success against the Vancouver Titans with other teams that mm-hmm. have done this. Yeah, and, and and again, it might be like a 
miscommunication issue. There's not enough peel. Maybe they're not accustomed uh, to 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 this style as well as other teams might be. It seems like in fights, you know, it might be the tank issue. Maybe uh, DPS they hold their their own for the most part. Um, Aspire on the tracer. He, he never like look looks outclassed. There were there were periods of time he went the one v one against a player like Venom or Striker and. And he was holding his own. And Shockwave constantly, when, when he, he plays the soldier or other, uh, you know, uh, um, characters, he he looks good. And when we have Fault playing a hero that he's good at playing, like with Azaria, they they're looking really really good. So remember when we talked about Vancouver needed to you know cover the gaps with with the main tank position? Like yeah, we'll. we'll it's you know sometimes the the simplest answer is probably the correct one too. So uh, it's it's a gap that if the, if they're not addressing, like we're now in a monkey meta, or whenever we were playing London in in the Rhine one v one, he's he's decent. Um, I'm not saying he's garbage tier right on the monkey, but no. when you're playing Overwatch League against, look at the other like uh, uh, tanks. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be decent. You can't. Well, de- look at what decent's getting you to yeah, this point. Yeah, exactly, and that's why they're you know zero and, and five, and who knows when when the next uh, win will come. Uh, um, <laughs> Paris in August, weekend. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Vancouver mm, Titans, they're eliminated. They're not in sure. the. They're not going to Dallas. They're just giving away tickets. To, uh, to I'll, I'll give them stuff. credit for not looking as bad as as they looked against um, London and Mayhem. Mm-hmm. They definitely looked more, you know. Uh, Competitive. I mean, they, they played a low well. Bar. Yeah, Mayhem's in fourth. They, they Mayhem's not like, a low bar. Cool. I'm insult no, my no, Mayhem. The way they played, the way <laughs> oh, they okay. played was was was. Just I see. Yes, uh, yeah, they, that's right. When Mayhem steamrolled them, yeah, correct. Oh, that was hard to look at, and and this looked like a team. Maybe not as good as Atlanta, but yeah. they, you know, they tried. They you won know, fights. They they did some things. They did mm-hmm. things. <laughs> Maybe if this was match yeah. two, you're right. Maybe if this was match two, would I be upset? No, I would have seen. Okay, they're experimenting. I'm getting some positives here. They got to work things out. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling good about yeah. this Titans team. I'm just thankful that I can go and follow a Toronto Defiant team. Who I think is, you know, to use the the classification, they're a team that continues to underperform. Oh, let me. Are better than where they happen. Like I'm not trying to say that Toronto is not. Yeah. What, what are, are your like Toronto what, is the. What are your expectations from Toronto? I'm not sure they're meeting them so far. No, <laughs> no, I think they're not. I think Toronto's a better team than what we've seen from them week in and week out. I, I feel, mm. I, I truly feel that maybe Toronto is as a team taking matches off. And I mean that in the sense of, yeah, we've got this one. Mm. We're maybe not as well prepared. Like, you know, could it be that the opponent they're playing, like, is it a matter of, well, we don't, we're not entirely sure we're as good as this team. Like, I feel they play better with swagger. So if you go in thinking you're not as good as the team mm-hmm. competition, then you need to go in and say, "Man, we've got we're we've got a set here that we know we can we can make it hard on you." And they're not playing like that. Yep. Um, I feel Toronto has success, and that's if I saw that all the time from Toronto, I'd be you know really. What happy. I think. I mean, for for you know, for me looking at Toronto, I have a high expectation. I think that comes down to coaching. I think. I think I think that your coach needs to dictate your your attitude when you play. Your coach needs to be the one sure. that is pumping you up to say I don't care what what 
tank diff we have. I don't care what DPS diff we have. We go into every game with a mindset of we're going to win or we're going to put up the best fight we can. And to me, that I mean, that's what I was saying earlier as well. Toronto seems like they go into a match, they know they can win, they win it. They go into a match that's maybe a little iffy and maybe they show up, maybe they don't. They go into a match against Dallas and they lose, you know. that. And also, like, without even addressing anything about the matches, like, looking back at the two seasons from the Titans, how much pump or, or, or you know. <laughs> how much are they getting that? They have the left think they ever have. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's not true because I think Harsha did a good job, although I think Harsha was a little oh, more on the no, business No, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about the current sure. uh, uh, coaching yeah, staff. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, when we think, actually – what are we, what are, where, where do our problems lay with our, the two teams we follow? Yeah. Is it fair to say coaching just different way, different? Yeah. Different I, I think, fine. I mean, roster issues and Titans aside, like they're, they don't, they have a lot of decency. It, it strikes me um, as there could be some improvements made probably on both end, but inherently KDG has the better track record. We also know that there's, there's um, more support there with, I think Moby Dick is now with them as well. I think that was new this season. Yep. And we know that he has a bit of a history as well. There's just a, I, I KDG is on the last year of a contract. He does not yet have an yeah, extension. And, and I think he would be fine. <laughs> I think he could get signed by another team. That's the thing because he has mm-hmm. a bit of a pedigree. Whereas if I were to look at, um, Vancouver's coaching staff. I don't know that they get brought to another team if Vancouver doesn't resign them. And, and I'm not, I mean, I'm this conversation very quickly turned into a conversation about coaching staff on both these teams, which wasn't my intention, but that does seem to be pretty clear. And we know that even people like Ryan force are calling them out. We've seen things in their discord where people are calling them out, you know? Um, and there's a time and place for everything. Um, and there are appropriate ways to do these things and to not, uh, but you, we can have an intelligent discussion about the strengths and weaknesses. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that on both ends. Um, and they're obviously not the only teams that yeah. you see this with either. Um, but. yeah, it's listen, it's, you said that, uh, you're not sure if someone will, will, uh, pick them up. Yeah. Let me, let me dispel that mystery for you they're not gonna get picked up <laughs> yes exactly because if you're in any job if let's say you have 20 sales teams and and you're constantly coming in last guess what's gonna happen yes well you don't make it past the quarter and if you do <laughs> you're not making it past half this yeah well and i yeah, no there were there would have been many coaches at this point in vancouver if it was functioning like mm, a sales no. team you, you just reminded me i should check how my dearest flames are doing right now um speaking of uh flames uh the parent company of the vancouver titans (laughs) that's a great segue (laughs) and a shareholder who is proclaimed themselves as the majority shareholder this might be true graywood came out with it's actually a website it's upgradeeglx.com you go check it out they have a board a letter to the board they are calling explicitly for the CEO, Adrian Montgomery, to be replaced. And they are recalling for a new board. Like, they, they're essentially, they're saying, we don't like the way the organization is going. There is so much untapped potential in the space that they reside in. Uh, their valuation should be much higher than they currently are. That the leadership group is not um, embracing the world of sort of esports as they should. 
um, is creating, I don't want to say a hostile workplace, but based on some of the comments they have suggested, it doesn't sound like it's happy, happy, fun times in, uh, inside the, uh, the office at EGLX. Um, I will admit this opened my eyes to a lot of things I don't quite understand, including one point, which again, I'm not going to say it's true or not. The Aquilini family who had acquired the rights to the Vancouver Titans, the Seattle surge way back when allegedly don't have even a controlling interest in the parent company, let alone the rights. Like it, it sounds like when we think of Canuck sports entertainment, which is more of a partnership agreement, if anything, and how the team has operated, they're simply there because they have to be. Like anyone here who might be thinking, I hope that the Aquilini family or the Canucks sell uh, the Titans. It's kind of sounded like they already did. They they did w- without doing so. <laughs> I, I don't understand. They yeah. did in a like, in a legal way enough to keep them out of le- legal trouble. Well, and, and it's in it like again, there are smarter people than me who may be listening to the show. I mean, I would love for someone to sort of break this down, but based on how I'm interpreting like everything that has occurred over the course of time, like how the Aquilini family had Aquilini investment group, and then it was the Aquilini Game Co., and then it was J55, and then J55 and uh, uh, Enthusiast Gaming, and then Enthusiast Gaming as we know it today, and all the money moving hands and shares and all that jazz. But holy smokes what a mess it's it's unbelievable it's like every even the worst like case uh studies we did in the nba it's like it, it all pays pales to to the stuff we see in in esports and it's like they they gather all the like most incompetent people and <laughs> you want to run something go into esports it's i i, I don't know like when when are these people or the organizations will be held accountable? Never, it seems like. And and that's why we see the things we see constantly. It's it's just a, a poop show. Is that fine to say on this pod? It's fine if you say poop show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you say the other one, I might have to beep it. <laughs> poop do, show. do you have that, that power? If we start doing that, are you, you going to go back and... Uh, no, you make you make me work hard. After. Yeah, you'll take it out of our paycheck. Do right? editing. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I should set this out. Do I do I need a red button here that the moment mm. I start like lip reading in advance, like precog, yeah, I hit the button. We should have a recording that says breadsticks every time we we swear or something. Oh, <laughs> that's actually a good play. Son of a exactly. breadsticks. Uh, anywho, I mean, please. Upgrade uh, eglx.com, look into it, read it. If you understand what any of this means and what's going on, I would love an explanation. Um, I want to give a shout out to a longtime listener in front of the show, Marcus. Um, he actually broke it down, uh, I think, quite succinctly in RSP Cord. Um, I've, I've noted this before, but uh, I've now made it official. He is the RSP business uh, smarts. Because uh, he does this, he he jumps in every so often and he breaks things down in in ways that you know I can understand. Essentially, uh, explain it to a kindergartner, and you can do well explain by to me. me like I'm five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to go and try to figure this out even further by taking a short break, and then we will dive into the fray.
Let's look back at the the week uh, that was. So the uh, previous week here, we had uh, the APAC region uh, kick things off for us in the east. Um, and as everyone predicted, the Philadelphia Fusion beat the Shanghai Dragons yep, 3-0. Yep, I predicted that for sure. Yep, totally. Uh, the Guangzhou <laughs> Charge beat the LA Valiant 3-1. And the uh, the Hangzhou Spark beat the Seoul Dynasty 3-1. Um, moving down into the, uh, the NA region. Uh, we had the uh, Paris Eternal uh, lose to the Washington Justice 3-1. The Florida Man beat the New York Excelsior 3-0. And the Toronto Defiant, as we already know, lost to the Dallas Fuel. Back over to the APAC region. Uh, Chengdu Hunters beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-0. Again, I'm not entirely sure how many people would have been confident in that. That's, but hey, that's what I predicted. 3-0. Yep. You did? Okay. Uh, Shanghai Dragons beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-2. And the Seoul Dynasty beat the LA Valiant 3-2. Back in the NA, you have the uh, Houston Outlaws 3 over watching the London Spitfire. The San Francisco Shock beating the LA Gladiators 3-2. In what one might define as an interesting match to have watched. Yep. Second or first sweep of the uh, season, right? And then we already know that Toronto Defiant beat the uh, Boston Uprising 3-1. Uh, Philadelphia. I was going to say completing my perfect Saturday for my Western region Preds. Bragger. No way. We're not. This isn't Pickums. <laughs> you don't have to tell us about Pickums yet. Not Fine. Pickums. Oh, you had uh, like Phil- a nine points yep, there. Yep. Saturday. Me Saturday. too. Oh yeah. Woo. No High five through the yeah. screen. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disconnect for this part of the show. You guys can just go on and on and on about it. Uh, Philadelphia Fusion beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-0. The Chengdu Hunters lost to the Seoul Dynasty 3-0. And the Hangzhou Spark beat the LA Valiant 3-2. And back here at NA, you had the Atlanta Reign 3-overwatch the Vancouver Titans. The Dallas Fuel 3-overwatch the Paris Eternal. And the Boston Uprising uh, beat the Washington Justice 3-1, which, again, Mm -hmm. like, maybe, maybe Boston just had a bad couple of maps against Toronto. Who knows? How'd you guys do on the pickums? <sighs> it's fine, I'd say. Like, yeah, some some days are better than others. How many points did you get for East? For East week yeah. three? 18. Oh, I got 17. I got uh I got more than that. <laughs> if we're playing golf, oh, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> good, good. What about West? Uh I got tw- 22. 21. I got 23. Ooh. Yeah. How much in total then? For you guys, I am at. Well, I'm sitting at uh, 63. 76. Jordan? Oh, I'm at 73. <laughs> well, hopefully poop. it doesn't bite me too much the fact <laughs> that I missed out on picking my teams to go to the kickoff. Oh, uh, me neither. Oh, yeah, you missed I it too. That's right. Them at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe I didn't Chris, miss it. Chris, Chris can, will have a comeback. Yeah. I get all four, boom, boom, us. boom, and I, I take the. Yeah, that's how it works. It's, it's just the first turning, anyways. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch yeah. up. Um, looking at the uh, week that's ahead, we've got the Philadelphia fusion kicking things off on Thursday mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. Uh, against the Seoul dynasty at 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern Chengdu hunters, Hangzhou spark, Shanghai dragons, and the Guangzhou charge to wrap up the East. Uh, and then we have two encore matches. Uh, oh no, I lied three encore matches, um, for reasons, 
uh, on the Thursday. So if you don't want to stay up too late or wake up too early, you can watch them a little bit later. Uh, but we then have to wait until Friday for more action because, again, APAC needs to catch up. Um, when the Chengdu Hunters take on the Philadelphia Fusion, 3M Pacific, 6AM Eastern, Guangzhou Charge take on the Seoul Dynasty, the Shanghai Dragons then take on the LA Valiant. In NA, the Los Angeles Gladiators will be taking on the London Spitfire at 12 noon Pacific. On <laughs> Are Friday. they going to be reverse swept again? Oh, God. I don't think so. Probably not. The Toronto Defiant will be playing the New York Excelsior following that match at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And the Toronto Defiant will probably make quick of this, so tune in early to watch the Vancouver Titans lose to the San Francisco Shock. That match is scheduled to uh, kick off at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, but again, probably early. <laughs> in the East on Saturday, the Hangzhou Spark take on the Guangzhou Charge. The Shanghai Dragons take on the Chengdu Hunters. The LA Valiant then take on the Philadelphia Fusion. And back into NA in the West... Atlanta is going to take on the London Spitfire, Paris Eternal, Houston Outlaws, Florida Mayhem, Washington Justice. Sunday in the wee hour, Seoul Dynasty, Shanghai Dragons, Chengdu Hunters, LA Valiant, Philly Fusion, Hangzhou, Spark. And then to wrap up NA, you've got two matches, the Boston Uprising taking on the Dallas Field and Los Angeles Gladiators in the Atlanta ring. There we go. Week four already. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the first stage or whatever the heck you how call about, it over the course of the season. How about the fusion, eh? Yeah, I would have never guessed it. No, I'm gonna lie. No I, I thought I, I I thought they would be better than what people had expected, but three o three o, and especially the one against uh, Shanghai, the dragons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that one. I mean, Ooh. dragons just didn't look good. Like, it, it, I don't know if it's like, you know scrim troubles or or maybe this was an overwatch one team and haven't figured out overwatch two yet despite having got an opportunity to watch na play as we know though like the eastern region tends to do a different path yeah um than than what we see in in west just in the game itself but i'm i'm pleased to see philly performing as they have been um sure i think it's good to see a little bit of a shakeup um especially with the north american or the the western region seemingly shaking out at least close to what we thought they would in terms of probably the top three or four teams. Eh, probably top three is pretty much what people expected. Yeah. Um, Gladiators being the outlier where people thought they would be significantly higher than they are right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pleased to see Philly doing as well as they are. Um, disappointed to see Seoul not doing as well as I'd hoped they would. Um, and yeah, shocked that the Dragons are I don't know, not lighten things up. Well, well, but I mean, in fairness, one weekend in. Yeah, yes. And it, it, that's absolutely right. Context is everything. This was their first weekend of matches. That's also yep. why they play on Thursday because they had the delay, um, the two week delay. So they now need to get more matches in before the they, kickoff clash. Well, they won the match they had against the Spark. Which is a good sign, a three-two, and yeah. it's a decent. It's a tough opponent. Yeah, Spark looking good as well. Yeah, um, that, that's sure. That's another surprising one. Spark looking as good as they have looked so far. Um, so far, yeah. Again, I, I had no faith in the organization because they have a history of having these huge rosters and multiple lines, and then doing nothing with them. Um, yeah. Again, I honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of matches this weekend at all, but especially the Eastern region. And I kind of wish I had 
had a chance because it seems like the East is a little bit more shaken up than, uh, than the West really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I made that mistake once getting <laughs> up and thankfully I set my alarm an hour early and got up to watch the Vancouver Titans lose. Um, unlike Omni, who got, <laughs> it was he, too late he for got me. Up and was trying to make sense of like the final five minutes of the match in like a three Oh sweep or whatever yeah. it was. Oh, it was uh, rough. Is that back in the days of four Oh, where they had to play that fourth match. Yeah, or no, it actually would it would have been four oh. or whatever. It was. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, but you know, you can get up in the morning and uh, watch a game, maybe even two before from, work. From, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with breakfast. That's right. Not with a three year old running around. That's for sure. Mine can't run yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Looking, uh, you know, at what's going on in the league, um, Boston made some changes. We sort of talked about it a little bit uh, earlier, but uh, the Boston uprising were rumored to be losing both Marvel and Stryker. Uh, that has been quote unquote official, though not official as per the Overwatch League tri- uh, player tracker. But the read between the lines of the statements from, uh, I think it's Chris Loringer, the, the president. And, uh, Marvel, he's going home. He's got some personal things. He's, he's trying to work through, you know, the team really appreciated everything that he had done, um, but felt it was best that he, you know, take care of number one. And then, uh, with striker and the announcement and uh, the message, it was like, uh, yeah, we mutually agreed. Things <laughs> just weren't working out. And don't uh, let you know, the, der- the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's what's rid between the lines. Like just, you know, hold the message up yeah. to a, a light or something. You can see it. Um, I think Huck had made some comments as well. Like ultimately from the sounds of things, uh, Stryker just decided he wasn't happy with things and the Boston uprising were like, that's good. You can be unhappy with it elsewhere. One could say he Striked out. Struck out. Yeah. So I was waiting oh, for that. <laughs> I could, I could, man, you, you, you tossed that one in. It was like a change. He up, tossed it, eh? And it just, it just, <laughs> taught, it, it's, it's slowly floated in across the plate. And I was so mesmerized. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, I let it go by for the called, uh, called start I, three. I mean, uh, people aren't that surprised. It seems like he had issues last year as well with, you know, the shock and, um, it's sad because because he's a he's an amazing player and uh, but what can you do? Well, I mean, from from what I understand, this happened yeah. when Boston but, had him the first time too. Yeah, that's right? what I was like, say. Professional organization, you know, Boston Uprising. Yeah, I you know, there's also been some some discussion that oh hey, this player would be phenomenal in a Toronto Defiant uniform. No, I don't think t- if Toronto wasn't willing to take the leap on uh, Decay when that was rumored. Then I doubt, and I don't, I don't know well, that they actually were even interested. That was a rumor as well, but I don't think there's a chance. Um, I mean, I, sh- I shared this in RSP court based on what I know there ain't. No yeah, way. I, However, coach who might have more control than other coaches within organizations sure. in the final year of a deal. Can he make a sell? Can he, you know, say this is what's going to work great. Honestly, if you're Toronto, that's not your problem. No. Like, I feel they're like, you're like, oh, striker. He's, he's a talent. He's phenomenal. He's everything. And then some, and you are willing to risk so much in bringing him into a roster, which has been built about team cohesiveness. Yeah. Like, 
mean, when we, when we chatted with Adam, we had asked him like, Hey, you know, the, the team sort of dynamic and the cohesion and, and focusing on, you know, the, the mental health. And he was all in on that. I don't feel we bring in a, a potential problem who allegedly has caused issues where he has gone. Yeah. Is the answer there, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Time to sign Yaki. Anywho. <laughs> hey, again, who knows? Um, as we la- look to wrap up the show, there was a lengthy, lengthy post about uh, Overwatch 2 that came out. Well, first of all, since our last show, Aaron Keller came out and said, thank everyone for playing. We're going to talk to you a little bit later. Um, but the uh, dev team released quite a bit of context as to how they look at data and how they extra- extrapolate the information. Um, the one thing that became very clear to me is I played far too much Anna because Anna was like a straight line <laughs> pick. Like her pick rate was significant compared to any other support. And it was like a straight line. Um, the other thing I took from the the data is that you can tell when the beta keys were sent out based on sojourn picks. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. look at that. Right? Cause that's funny. The, the if you look at it, so, so yeah, sojourn has this huge peak and it's like, Oh, not so good. Better options drops off. Then, Oh, beta key. Hey, I want to try the sojourn yeah. out. Oh yeah. Maybe better options. And then, Oh, they look another round. So how did that work? Initial invite, watch four hours, watch Overwatch League. And there's also the the kick adjustment for Zenyatta is a huge uh, bounce. Yep. And uh, and the, the devs just called uh, the community bad at Arisa, maybe, which was kind of funny. So the, they're not really sure if Arisa is bad or maybe everybody's just who's playing her is bad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a cheeky thing, but they're right, probably. Well, I mean, how much of the Arisa, like, I mean, Arisa, I saw all the time. Lots and lots and lots and lots. Oh, and low elo, yeah. yeah. She's really fun. That's the thing which I'm, that I'm really I, happy about. Yeah. I think when we see comments like that from the dev team, like, who is it that they're talking to? And who are they sort of looking to cater the game to? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. will always be a difficult balance. Or low elo yeah. casual guys like me, or is it the the pro competitive top tier side. Yeah. And you know, as Justin had pointed out, why would you see Arisa? There's just better utility from pretty much any other tank. You know, you want to solo tank yourself or it up. Hmm. Yeah. Anywho, but here we are at the end of a show. Uh, we will have a bonus episode this week. So if you're tuning into this episode on Wednesday, you'll want to tune in again, possibly tomorrow, but more than likely Friday. Uh, to hear who our bonus guest will be, which again, somehow didn't make it into the episode earlier, but uh, you know, as we are apt to do, if you want to stay up to date as to who it might be, you want to join RSP discord, discord.io slash ready set or follow us on Twitter at uh, ready set there. But uh, what uh, final words of wisdom uh, do y'all have uh, this week? Um, did you know that if earth's history were condensed into 24 hours, life would have appeared at 4 a.m., land plants at 10.24 p.m., dinosaur extinction at 11.41 p.m., and human history would have begun at 11.58 and 43 seconds p.m. And on that same scale, that would mean that Overwatch 2 comes out in about 78, two hours, I'd say, by my calculations. Very scientific. Any any extinction events happening in that period of time? Yeah, for our SR mainly you know, when it comes out. 
That's good. How about you, Jordan? Uh, no, I, I, I got nothing. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make sure to follow me on one man yeah, watch. Point. Make sure to listen to one man watch point. Follow me at sir. Dr. JM. That's at sir. D R J M on all socials. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, final words of wisdom from me. This is no joke. Sean Miller head of overwatch league is joining us for the bonus episode. And if you made it this far, congratulations, you found out first or you've happened to read into the tea leaves and see, uh, was it Sam Sam? Who's just been like, going all like conspiracy theory and whatnot <laughs> and guessing like all sorts of different names, but that's who we have. He's joining us. I don't know if any other of the sort of indie podcasters have had this opportunity. So we're pretty, pretty stoked uh, that he's down to chat with us. Uh, and hopefully uh, y'all get some good value from this bonus episode. We'll be loose, uh, loosening into the uh, airways. I don't know if that even makes sense um, in a couple of days. And I, I think Sean said but that he's going to, unveil uh the release date didn't he yeah i'm t- um, totally that you know i didn't say release date for yeah. what but <laughs> but uh if you want to get more of that uh that juice from jordan follow that sir dr jam uh, like and subscribe to one man watch point make sure you follow omni as well at omni strife and myself chris at light force we're signing off this episode with those magical words of catchphrase Thank you.